Welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. I'm delighted to say I'm here with Jan Oka Jonsson. He's uh, our guest uh, of podcast number 64. And he is here today. And we again, and we're going to do a, a reverse podcast, if you like. Uh, Jan has kindly agreed to flip the tables. Um, and he is a, an avid listener of the podcast. And and to interview me on, uh, I guess, well, we'll find out. We've done <laughs> zero prep for this. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to what the questions might be. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I suppose my experience with the podcast. So as, as we close out 2020, I thought this would be a fitting way to round out the year. So, uh, Jan, I, I hand the tables over to you. Yeah, I've been following you for quite a while. So I thought, think it could be nice to... Uh, to find out who you are and why you're doing the things you're doing and and uh, maybe we could we could um, possibly look into why why you don't do it in a different way uh, you're an inter- electronic engineer and uh, you spent most of your career at some of the major radio and television producers in the UK with communication and broadcasting logistics as I see it and uh, you seem, both from what I've been seeing and what I know from you, that you have less ambitions to use digital algorithms than to inject oxytocin from a leadership platform. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the Human Being blog, you, you have interviewed dozens, even hundreds of gurus and management consultants. So after having read the books and um, without though being excessive ambitious to be critical you have helped them presenting the aspects and beliefs of business management and leadership uh, in an attempt to to uh, spread their message and beneath the surface of the uh, personal private side uh, you have both the ambition and the ability to uh, resolve inner mental conflicts you're letting one side of your Janus face look inward so you can challenge and uh, resolve uh, traumatic imprints. By the way, that's how we uh, connected and uh, together got a some kind of feeling about what evolution in reverse is all about. Is that conclusion something you can agree Yes, no, absolutely, and uh, I just, I just. You have, you have any immediate comments to? Well, immediate comment is I, I just, I just looked up oxytocin on Wikipedia, and uh, I just wanted to check I was right. Yes, the it's the hormone release. You know, it's that's, that's, the whole, that's the hormone which which makes us human and make make us like to, to to stay together. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, and I, I can think, feel yeah. how you're you're spreading oxytocin this moment. Right. Okay. I'm bonding. I'm most, hugging. Uh, most, one a, this, of the most important hormones we have. Yeah. This a virtual hug, a virtual o- oxytocin yeah. injection. Oh, I thought you used it every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. So, so I think that's right. I think that's a good way of putting it. I think spreading oxytocin and building trust, building safety in the workplace is. Yeah. Uh, you, I think you it's, can't build trust without oxytocin. Ah. Uh, okay. All right. Well. Um, Bonding, then, shall we so, say. So uh, when I look back, when, when you read a, 
book to prepare an interview. Uh, do we have a personal basic model to match the author's uh, the, the interview is uh, ideas. Do I have a model to match? Like, I'm not sure I yeah, understand you, the question. Yeah, you, 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 you kind of have a a a a, uh, a frame where you put them and, and say, "Hey, that's what I expect." Um. No, I don't. I mean, probably consciously, I do. Right, I probably run a whole bunch of biases over over what I'm reading, and uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure to some extent I do categorize them as I go along. I certainly don't go in with that frame, though, consciously. I'm not thinking, oh, this is a person who's writing about X. I have these expectations about them. No, not particularly. No, 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 so much that what you expect from them. But do, uh, do, do you normally, to give you an example, uh, when I comment on, on, on your pods, I normally mirror myself in my own life. Do you have kind of a, a, a way of mirroring what what you you're, have been reading in yourself? Um, do I have a way of mirroring what? Do I have a way of mirroring what I'm reading Use, myself? Using like... experience, knowledges, etc., to 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 evaluate what you've been reading. Do you have a a? a... I suppose sometimes I naturally do and try and relate it to my own experience. Yes. I will come back to that later in, 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 in other questions. So uh, uh, another question I have, do you research anything about the, the interviews book before you, 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 you make your pod? Well, I, well I, I try as much as possible to read the book. Uh, sometimes I don't always read it, the whole thing. Sometimes I skim it, skim read it. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, nearly always I read the book. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. So I don't do. Book. I know a lot yeah, of other yeah, podcasts. Yeah, that's, that I understand. You read the book, but to do it, you don't do any research. Uh, no, uh, and I know, no, and sometimes how, how I, the book, how the book is selling, where it's selling, if it's selling. No, many, no. many times uh, it's hardly published when you make the interview. Yes, no, I don't do any research like that. And I, the other thing I don't do is I don't go and listen to other podcasts that they've done uh-huh. other interviews they've done I, I i think uh if i were doing this full time i might do a bit more of that um yeah no because yeah. Uh, that's some something i'm missing is uh, is this kind of a a um to, to understand which are the target groups of the interviewees and 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 the uh on top of that of course uh you could say, is, is it relevant? But the estimations of, uh, of potential bias for a book like the one you are talking about. Yes, no, that's a good point. I don't really do that. I don't really think about where this person might be coming from, what biases they might have. I don't do any of that. I just read the book. And I, and I <laughs> kind of highlight the things that I think are interesting. Oh, you know, I'd like to delve in a little bit more into that. Yeah, or a little bit more into that. I don't do much and much analysis of the book. I wouldn't say. Right, right. Uh, another intricate question is: uh, Do you think it's possible to develop and establish a a few criterias to uh, evaluate, for example, uh, the message of the book? Uh, Yes, I, I suppose. I mean, so, I could... so when, when, when uh, if you do it during, or after, whilst you, I mean, t- 
to evaluate the message, to assess whether it's a book for specialists or generalists, uh, no, and I said, to, to evaluate the degree of applicability, the book's design and semantic qualities, agreed, agreed on opportunities to make improvements. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah a, you can see I'm... I'm <laughs> this is great. Yeah, I don't do any of that. No, so I... I yeah, I, I, I tell you what I do. I read the book as really I'm just sifting for potential conversation topics. Yeah, what, what might I have an interesting chat about? Where do we might have a common interest? I don't. So I, I read them very informally. Uh, and I suppose I treat them fairly informally when it comes to the conversation, because my aim isn't really to provide a critique of the book in the podcast. It's, it's, it's to have a good conversation with the, the author. And the, and the book is just a bit of a hook. But a good con conversation about what? Yeah, and that's interesting. So I never really know. <laughs> I don't, and I, and I did say, so, so when, I, when I started on this podcasting journey, I did this, this uh, podcasting course. And the guy, a guy called um, Brian Rose, who's a very successful podcaster. And uh, I didn't take any of his advice around designing the conversation. <laughs> so he talks about having this, this sense of an arc for the conversation, a kind of beginning, middle, and an end, and how you want to guide this conversation over time. And I don't do any of that. I just sort of dive in. Like, I, yeah, I may well have read the book, um, but it's not. So I don't. I don't attempt to design the conversation as much as. I mean, maybe subconsciously I'm doing some of that, but not consciously. I just kind of walk into it, and and I have the aim of having a good conversation and a deep conversation to the extent that I'm able to, and that's about it. Yeah. No, I, I can see what, what, uh, what you're saying. I mean, I, I, I had some idea when I'm playing saxophone. I say, I want to improvise. Uh, and when I, I'm starting for, for, for uh, teachers and, and, and uh, training courses in improvisation, I say, do you know the basics? If you don't know the basics, you can't improvise. That's why I'm asking about these questions here. I mean, you, you, I'm not aiming for a, a very square and, and, and uh, monitored interview, but my, my, in the background, but I'm asking for your background more. I'm yeah. not crit criticizing your behavior, your artistic ambitions, but there must be some, some, some framework behind. I mean, as a, as, a, as a listener, as a reader of the book and the interview, I, 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 I have my, my, my needs. And, and, and these needs are very often, is it applicable in my situation? Uh, who more is reading the book? Uh, is it a book I can give to my employees? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's very well written, but please, couldn't you extend that part of the book more? Because that's where it is getting exciting, etc., etc. So that, that's what I'm after here. Yeah, no, I can see, I could, I could see your point, uh, and maybe I could put some deeper thought into. And, and I, w I would, uh, a, a good point also could be just this kind of having a, a, a. A few criteria where you, where you, in a friendly way, discuss with the author this kind of a message, the uh, as, uh, 
uh, what do you call it, the, the degree of applicability. If you think where he should like to improve his book, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Many times you hear them saying, yeah, I, I, I have a new book on, on its way. Yeah, but why do they have a new book on its way? Because they, there's something missing in the book you just presented. Right. Yeah, I see what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, back to Richard. More than the... Um, uh, of a special events in your life which make you continue to make these interviews. You made, you say you made 140. What kind of special events in your life has, has, has made you go so deep into interviewing? Yeah, that's a good question. Are there any special events? Um, I suspect to some degree I've become addicted to it. I've got some kind of a process addiction now. Yeah, but of, 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 of moments in your life when, 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 when these addictions... Um, why do I maintain this, uh, this addiction? Why am I still hooked? Hmm. I, I, I'd certainly driven by the fact could, that... Could you, I mean, you couldn't be addicted to anything, could you? But, uh, there must be a reason why you just get addicted to this. Yes, I, I, I think there's there's something about there is something about, and maybe it's because I'm still on this path of like digging and digging and what can I resolve next? What can I resolve next? What's the next? It, it, interestingly enough, what's the, like the next compulsion I can let go of? What's the next addiction? Maybe it is this podcast is the next one, but and 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 I guess as long as I'm on that journey, there's this part of me that that wants my reality to reflect what's going on inside of me you know like how can i help others to deepen their own personal inquiry how can i help others to open up how can i help others to create environments that are more conducive to people going deep with themselves healing yeah bringing light to others like oh, that so i suppose it's something in that i suppose as long as i'm on i'm I'm doing this work inside myself. There's a part of me inside myself. In, as long as I continue to do this work inside, there's a part of me that's going to want to encourage others to do the same thing. So I suspect that's the connection. And maybe you, if do I you, stop doing my personal healing work tomorrow, I'd perhaps I'd stop with the podcast. All right, all right. But I mean, uh, okay, there may, may be, uh, must be some reason why you just have because you emphasized on on management and and the leadership managers consulting themes i mean uh, what we are talking about is more into the uh, i would say almost health care yes well that's right and i think i think so why do i focus on the sort of management theme i think a because it's just where i've landed right i, I love this phrase you know bl bloom bloom where you're planted right you know i happen to have ended up with right, a career right, in management right. consulting i happen to spend a lot of time in in those you know those yeah, domains. I think, no i i i i think it's a good good explanation so, so yeah mm -hmm. i might as well bring the message to this group 
you know, it's as good a place as any. I suppose if I was a pastor in a church or if I was a, I don't know, big into, um, you know, big in the horticultural uh, world or I, don't know, <laughs> I was a banker, I'd probably try to, you know, who knows? But so I think I just, because I've ended up in this environment, that's where I'm choosing to, um, you know, to help transform to the extent that I'm able. Um, so I suppose that's why, why there. Uh, yeah and and also i think the other thing i would say is that we do spend an awful lot of our time in work right certainly those of us who are working exactly 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 so, so it, it's a huge it's 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 formative right for us and um and uh, one of the the interviews i had recently was you know this light bulb moment for me was yeah and and the culture we create in our workplace is taken into the home so and of course all of these these link in time and space but who I am as a let's say a manager or a leader or a worker is to some extent going to be who I am as a father as a husband as a son so so this all connects uh, right so so the the greater the, the degree to which we can humanize the workplace I'm at, we're actually humanizing home life at the same time okay we are coming back to 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 the same question later uh, which, which, uh, which, uh, let's say, which, which personal freedom did you have as a child, teenager? Was it conditional? Was it unconditional? Uh, was it both, or, or did it did it shape you? I had a huge amount of freedom. I think that's why. I mean, Pim Demore said this in in my interview with him from Corporate Rebels that one of the reasons he felt so strongly about transforming corporate culture was because he was very free as a kid and so he wants to replicate that freedom right and he and when his first corporate job he couldn't stand it because he had such little freedom and i had a huge amount of freedom i was, I was but, but was it conditional or unconditionally i mean did, did they support the freedom were they the parents aware of your freedom or they just neglected you so you had a freedom which was in a way, I, mean, I mean, I did, I did experience neglect in other way. I, de- I certainly feel like I experienced emotional neglect, um, but that aspect of of my childhood, I don't, I don't really see it as neglect. I do see it as sort of benign, um, sort of how do you describe it? Sort of benign absence, if you like, because they they deliberately just didn't get involved right they, they were oh. like just go play oh, exactly you have exactly the same background as you, I had I grew up on a university with parents who were working there and they they didn't give a shit because they found they knew the surrounding was so stable and and safe so they didn't worry and I don't think they even were interested so I could do whatever I wanted yeah and it's interesting and it is interesting that I mean it was a period in time where certainly I had more freedom than perhaps kids have today. And I get, I think the, the generation older than me probably had even more freedom, but even within our village, my parents were particularly uh, uh, enabling li- of that. Freedom, li- right? li- there li- were other liberal. families whose kids couldn't. They were very liberal. Very liberal in that sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. In that sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, in your surrounding, were there things which influenced you? To, to to be the Richard you are. Um, uh, surroundings, people, 
uh, happenings, events? Uh... Well, yes. I mean, it's, it's certainly all of the, you know, the, the, the trauma that I experienced, which I've shared on the show at various times, um, shaped me, right? Uh, shaped my what, what... addictions that I developed. So I, if that's what you're getting at, then yes, there's yeah, lots. So, so circumstances more than events, but kind of conditions, you know, that I experienced as a kid that shaped me. Yeah, I, I, even did you did you meet people or did you have idols or or, or uh, people around you which stimulated you and and, and inspired you? See, I don't not. I mean, yes, of course, there would have been. Um, but you know, I think one of the things with being traumatized is you. Yeah, I heard this on a podcast. Is you get frozen, right? You get frozen at a certain stage of development, and um, I, I don't think I really emerged from adolescence to develop, you know, really idols that. You know, I really cherish now until until it, really until I got to my thirties. You, 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 you never had somebody who say, "I want to be him." I did, you know, I did, but the, they've fallen away. So, like for example, Peter Cook was a huge idol of mine. He was a com- British comedian, yeah, um, yeah, extremely yeah. funny, and he was a huge idol when I was growing up as a kid. And and you know, for a while, I did. You know, I was a sta- you know, I was a stand up. I didn't get very sort of far up the ladder, but I was a practicing stand up comedian for a while, and he was certainly an icon, and so was. Um, Bill Hicks, Richard Pryor, right? These big names and stuff. And what, I suppose what's interesting now is that it almost feels like a different Richard who had those idols, right? I, I can still respect them as comedians, but they they really have no influence in my life now. Right. And it was because right. at the time, I, you know, the comedy was my escape, right? It was just escape you, you, from yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Okay, what you're trauma saying? State. And what so you're saying in other words was kind of a neurotic act out. Yeah, it was a new role. Yeah, that's right. These these were idols that were um, existed in, in inside in, in, of my neuroticism. They didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. But so still, they still, I mean, new, neuroticism can be, of course, if I take the upper hand, it can be the, the negative. But at the same time, you can also carry them them with you, even if you leave the neurotic part of your life and remember the good sides. Yeah, and maybe for some people they do. You know that can happen, right? They can do a lot of healing work and and they can retain their their idols. But I, I certainly, for me, like yeah, as I say, I mean, they I respect them. It's not like I've lost respect for them as comedians, but they don't they don't play any role in my life as an influence. No, all right. Do you have any driving ambitions? Yeah, my number one driving ambition is 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 to con- continue the healing process. I hesitate to say complete. I don't know if everyone can really complete their their inner work in 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 one's lifetime um so but certainly to continue it to continue to heal uh, to continue to mature those are my those are really are my driving ambitions and there's something about div- get, gaining more freedom um and i suppose as i heal to a greater and greater degree emotionally you, there's you a still, part of me you, that still, now, you, you still feel you have a, a, a way to go there until you put it all together yeah i think there's probably more to do and then and, and becoming financially free is a big goal right right you know right now i have obligations um big financial obligations that keep me you know so off you know 
very important a big priority of mine is is to make money and right now and yeah but you're not obsessed with making money no not obsessed with it but it's this this persistent need and i'm aware that it's important yeah yeah. i'd love to get to a place where i have more much more financial freedom to the extent that i um can can follow my intuition uh, to a much greater degree in terms of where I feel I want to put my energy to grow. If I put it, put it another way, uh, I mean, uh, driving ambition here, let's say what's, what's your big passion? Yeah. Yeah. The same answer. The same answer. The the big, the big, the big passion is, is to number one is to continue the healing process and a number, um, and, and there used to be this this uh, saying in when I was in the twelve step rooms, right? Whatever you put, um, whatever you put in front of your recovery, you'll lose, right? So you, you've got to put your recovery first. Now they had a specific meaning mm-hmm. for recovery that okay. was you know, abstinence okay. from okay. from whatever you're you're addicted to. But, but, but I mean, if you look outside yourself, if you look outside yourself, what 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 kind of passion? What yeah. Passion so outside you... myself, ultimately, you know, my big big passion would be you know, for this show to, to really, you know, to really explode, you know, that would, that would, that would be wonderful, right? If this became a, a, a sort of major cultural influence, that would, that would be wonderful. Um, I'd love to get to a point where what we're doing with First Human is we're working with a lot of other companies to help them evolve their leadership, um, evolve their culture, humanizes as organizations i'd love to continue to help others do it and there's a big part of me that actually love to start creating organizations almost from the start which have a lot of these philosophies embedded so we grow organizations from the get-go with some of these principles that's a big ambition of mine and then something we've discussed a lot is this idea of creating a space or maybe multiple spaces where people come to heal you know they they can't in 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 this holistic way that you and i have discussed which involves trauma release which is obviously something that you and i have you know got deep experience with um nutrition breath um putting in a number of natural uh yeah uh, things the body Mm. pulling all that together to give people a healing experience food Health, yeah, job, all of that, interest, uh, yeah, environment, um, environment. All right. So yeah, so that's so that's a big are. part of uh, what I'd like to see happen. I will time. come back to another thing we we have uh, loosely discussed over over uh, a couple of weeks. That's the five factors of personality. Oh yes, how they have influenced you. I mean, openness, conscientiousness extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. In, to which extent uh, each of them has, I mean, uh, apparently you are a, a, a very, you, you give impression at least well, an extremely open person. Yes, yeah, very high open, yeah. Uh, and uh, conscientiousness, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't know. <laughs> where, where are you? I'm not, I'm not super conscientious. I, I mean, I'm conscientious enough to get one of these shows out every week, and uh, you know. Yeah, I would say it takes takes take take somebody to 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 make 140 interviews. Yeah, 
So I, yeah, I guess I'm above average. On, I suspect on that, but I'm not. Um, I'm not super high. You know, I'm not one of these guys who. And yeah, I've definitely. Been, in fact, my my very first prop serious girlfriend was. She would squeeze productivity out of you know every thirty second slot of the day, and I actually dated someone else who was like that. Who, um, I remember we we visited a museum once, and um, whilst I went to the bathroom, uh. I came back and she she was at the table waiting for me and she'd written like the hundred words of the book she was writing, you know, in the, in the four minute gap she had while I was in the bathroom. You know, so I'm not at that level of uh, <laughs> conscientiousness, definitely not. I, I don't, I don't, uh, uh, I have my own uh, importation of openness and extroversion. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, for example, very open. I'm not, that doesn't mean that I'm very extrovert. Right. I, 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 I can go, I can go a long time by myself, uh, isolated, but I can still right. be open. Yeah. I don't know. How, how is your personality there with extroversion? Are you very well, it's interesting. Yeah, I did, I did the test and I was very high on extroversion. You might say, well, that seems pretty obvious given you, you know, you're a podcaster and what have you, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very I'm, high as well, but I, 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 I don't look for it. I, don't, I, I, I must say I'm not driven by it. No, and I said maybe I'm more driven by it than I think I I like to admit I am. All right, um, but yeah, I guess I am pretty pretty high extrovert. Yeah, and uh, agreeableness. I would guess you you are very high on agreeableness. Yeah, I'd have to go oh, back you? and see my scores. I I wasn't as high as I, I as I, I thought wrong. I was that's, going to that's be. That's why I'm asking because I, I I'm I'm a little insecure. I would guess, but I'm not so sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not as high as I thought I was going to be. I don't think I'm, I'm I expected to be higher. Um, I mean, I do I do pick fights from time to time. <laughs> I'm not always there. <laughs> uh, probably, you know, sometimes I think you give me feedback on this podcast. I can disagree a bit more and poke at people a bit more. Uh, so I, I think there's. Uh, I, I, that's that's what, what I, I, I knew I was low on agreeableness, but I didn't know I was that low. Right. <laughs> So I, you're I, low. You're I, super I'm low. extreme. I'm extremely low. Okay. But, uh, and and uh, I I always thought myself I may I, I I would like to be a little less agreeable, but I don't need to wish that any longer. <laughs> uh, how about neuroticism? What was your own? Yeah, I'm really low on that. Which, but but I suppose the way that they define neuroticism is interesting, isn't it? Because they, ah, they, they, they define it in terms of negative mood, right? And I. I you know, I've never been. I mean, having to... been 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 uh, quite a few years in primary therapy, as we both have been, uh, I I think uh, the neuroticism in a way is dissolved. Is what? Sorry. It dissolves the the uh, neuroticism being in primary therapy. Being in. Yes, I mean it, it does, but then I, I I suspect that even if I'd done this before my therapy work, I wouldn't have been very high on the, on their definition of like low mood and prone uh, to depression and. See, I, I, that wasn't really me. I mean, my neuroticism expressed itself in, in addictions, not depression or low mood or irritability. It was it was all in addictions. So, I mean, addictions. Yeah. Sometimes you 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 use to to avoid depression. Yeah, that was that was my way of avoiding, um, you know, avoiding life. Really, well, I was certainly. So what's the hen and the egg? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, is the question about the hen and the egg? The hand of the egg, so I'm not. Uh, no, the hen. Oh, the hen and the egg. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, yes. So I don't think I, I, 
I'm a relatively cheery person, very low neuroticism. All right, I don't know how much time we have left, but I, 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 if you look ahead, uh, the, the COVID has shaped, uh, created a, a, a new world. Where I don't think the world will ever be the same again after COVID. Uh, and there are a couple of, of interesting things there which have caught my, my, my eye the la last year. I did it long before that, but it has been emphasized now. I mean, uh, uh, five, for example, five to 10 big companies which uh, dominate the global pharmaceutical business. They create the wealth and the dominance in both healthcare, research, education for treating the five to 10 major symptoms of deadly illnesses we have. And the new paradigm will be changed. Uh, these illnesses won't won't be the the, the main uh, symptoms. The main symptom for most illnesses in the future will be aging, which which is in a way is causing the previous major uh, symptoms. So so if we, if we, for example treat uh, aging as an illness, I mean, which is causing cancer, high blood pressure, diabetes. Uh, Alzheimer, etc. Uh, we will have a total new approach to 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 how to live our lives. Uh, the interesting thing is, it's not only big pharma which are the 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 the, um, the negative factors. I mean, if you look at the 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 global food business, exactly the same situation. Five to ten extremely big mega companies dominating the global business. Uh, and there we also can see a, an, maybe faster, a change of, of the uh, paradigm shift. The young people today, I mean, extremely many are living in a way which you couldn't dream of 10, 15 years ago. So the, but still you can't see it very much in the shops, maybe because more or less the, 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 uh, the, the food is the same, <laughs> looks the same, but there is a change going on rapidly. Have you given this a thought? Yes, I mean, I, I think- Regarding, regarding to obviously your blogs. Yes, I mean, my sense is that we've got two things happening at the same time. We've got this, you know, increasing medicalization of the population, right? As it increasingly, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. increasingly, um, our food is being stripped of nutrition. Exactly, um, we're becoming weaker in that sense, and so and that's happening, right? And and there are of course massive commercial interests in that growth, that in that trend continuing, and we've got this counter movement of you know, buy local. Um, Buy organic, uh, reduce food miles, get, somehow get closer to the earth, um, focus on community. Right, so, so these things are happening simultaneously, uh, and I think that for me that that, that will con that will continue. It's the twin trend. That yeah, it's continue. a twin trend. Exactly, exactly. That's why I brought it up because it twin trend, and they feed each other. Of course, yeah, yeah. As we continue and, with and, mass production, and, 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 and if you look at these two areas, they 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 cover the 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 whole population. 
every everybody is depending on this. Uh, if you, I, I looked, I, 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 I spent too much time with it, but I looked into the the employment of of uh, of the American population. Uh, there is a population of three hundred twenty million people. About one hundred seventy million are, are working. Out of these 170 million working, there is about 30, 40 million which are in the area where we are looking for consulting. You say 140 million of the working population are working in areas where we don't really need a rich them in, 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 in healthcare, in, in governments, etc., 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 etc. I mean, we need to reach 300 million, and we are looking for 30 within 30 million. The books we are talking about, and, and then again, when I'm saying 30 millions, it's only a fraction of these 30 million who are really interested. And when you say that, in terms of people who are open and to the types of ideas we're discussing, yeah, right, yeah. Um, have Have you ever thought about that? I mean, uh, how how few people we're really approaching? Well, I've had a conversation the other day that this uh, woman who's um, a professional uh, professional in the media industry and was remarking on the numbers for this podcast and was perhaps surprised that they weren't higher, and but was also reflecting on what we're talking about. These aren't mainstream themes. Um, but yeah, I, I, my sense is that, yeah, as I say, this, this, whatever we might call it, holistic movement, um, return to something that's more natural more organic in all senses is is growing at the same time as the the i suppose the corporatization of society is also is also growing so so yeah that's the way i see it and i think over the next 10 years we'll see actually i, I don't that's not sustainable and we both can't because to some extent that there is a zero sum game there you know people have to choose between the burger and the, I don't know, the, the carrot they grow in their backyard. So, so I suspect that one will, you know, this can't go on forever. There will, uh, there will be a decisive shift one way or the other Interesting in, 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 and, and uh, it's not only burgers and, and uh, carrots. I mean, suddenly there is a new exploding markets of supplements. Right. Right, which is maybe the middle path, and that's something I do, I engage in, right? I mean, I I, I can't um, always get a hold of you know the highest quality, you know, organic project produce. I don't have a homestead. I'm not cook, making all my own food, so I I do supplement a lot, uh, and I have to say, well, at least sample size of one, you know, I can't remember the last time I had a cold, so uh, or at least anything serious. So it's uh, yeah. I, 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 I certainly find that supplementation helps. No, I, I think most illnesses and, and, and uh, most symptoms we have uh, is, is, are due to the, uh, the, the, what do you call it, the, the, the uh, metabolic pandemic, which, right. which so many are suffering from. I mean, if you look at the statistics from the, the COVID of those who have died, I mean, more than 90% of them were people who were sick from before they got to COVID. 
Oh, of course. And, he, and I thought it was brave, actually, of our prime minister to Boris Johnson. I mean, I don't think all of his responses have been brave, but he, one of the things he did say was, uh, you know, he, he accepted the obesity problem as being a factor, uh, in, certainly in Britain, in terms of the death rates for, um, for COVID. So I thought that was uh, you know, a very positive statement in some sense, you know, that, that we're, we're yeah, accepting and, and, that this and, and, issue exists. And the obesity uh, level in in England is is far below the the one you have in US. Right, right. But and a lot of that is down to um, it's down to the quality of the food that's available. You know. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's not all just about you know personal choice, right? A lot of it is the environment and what what foodstuffs are easily available for people. All right, Richard. I I I I think I've come to. The end of my curiosity okay. regarding Richard. Thank you. Well, it's been, a, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I felt a bit uncomfortable when you were grilling me on uh, my, my, my research methods. And, uh, you know, definitely give me food for thought there. Could I be a little bit more intentional, a bit more structured in how I prepare? It's definitely. Yeah, no, I, the questions there I mainly raised these questions. As a service to 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 the viewers. Yeah, no, I appreciate where you, it's coming you, from. You, you are not there to serve the inter, interviewees, but to to serve the the viewers. Yeah, no, you're right. That's and and, the, and and most of these questions I'm raised have raised is similar to to my own needs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could have just come out and said it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh but no so i appreciate that and uh yes and uh, and i think it, i don't want to leave this chat without acknowledging you you're 80 right yes i'm 80 yes you know and uh you serve as a continued inspiration you know you're 80 you're playing saxophone you're playing piano you're making your your murals out of tiles you're fit. You're still doing press-ups every day. I, start, I, start, I started the Wim Hof method last the week. Wim Hof. Tell us yeah, about Wim Hof. Month. Wim Hof is a Dutch guy with breathing exercises. Keeping your breath for five times two minutes. Which and, is uh, a healing process. Yeah. And, um, so, and he's, uh, but he's famous for his... his, his, his cold work right the fact that he can he can enjoy oh yeah his, yeah yeah uh, yeah so i uh, that, that's something which in my package there i'm taking sh cold showers every morning now ice cold showers that's that's why i'm 80 and, and still fit that's still fit yeah not, I, I don't think it's because i have uh, extremely good genes i don't i don't think so i i think in spite of decent genes i i i with good living and 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 it's not only uh, physical and food. I mean, emotionally, you need to be 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 uh, happy as well. Well, you're continuing to do the trauma release work, right? It's not like you've stopped doing that work, right? The primal. No, work no, no. It's it's always uh, at hand. Uh, I don't need it very much. I don't need it. I I I I, uh, I I'm extremely lucky there. It's I, I feel I feel really healed yeah well, that's great so but i mean i've been through it for 30 40 almost 40 years so it's high time 
I can yeah. read the benefit. Read yeah. the benefits yeah. of what I read in 1974. Yeah, that crazy book. Yeah, that yeah. got so much uh, stick. Yeah, it was really a crazy screen. book. There was a few few good things in it, but uh, well, a lot, you know, you can criticize a lot. But, but the, the man behind of it was a a a, a hero, no doubt. Art journal, Arthur journal, uh, right? He was Who, such a gentle, fine person. So, yeah, and if anybody were to read his Wikipedia, Wikipedia page, you'd. Uh, Think he was some terrible cult leader, but he is. Picture, yeah. The interesting thing, if you if you read a lot of the old critics, they, they consider him some arrogance. I never had a feeling of he was arrogant. No, I met him as well. He was a, a gentle, kind no, man no. And, and, and a genius, I'm sure. Uh, yes. Yeah, in a way he was absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, once again, okay, thank you very much. I've really appreciated the gentle grilling, the light toasting. Yeah, maybe I was too too gentle, but uh, (laughs) I I, I need to work on my agreeableness, you see. (laughs) Oh, good. Uh, Well, yes, thanks again. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jan, and have a wonderful Christmas. Okay. In Spain, right? You're not you're, you're not in your native Sweden. You're in Spain for Christmas. No, I I, I I prefer to stay in Spain because uh, you can't meet people. You can't join them for the dinners or parties. So I, I prefer to stay here. I have my daughter here. Yeah. So yeah. we uh, we spend Christmas together. Excellent. Okay. Thanks again. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.